I hope that uh, you don't take this kind of worship for granted. You don't find it in every church. The preparation for worship is so important, so meaningful to every one of us. Now, I was asked by someone very dear to you and dear to me to mention the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This is the beginning of the week of special emphasis, not only study and prayer, but giving to the needs of foreign missionaries. Some of you know that I served as president of the Foreign Mission Board, elected at 37 years of age. By the way, they've never made that mistake again. But anyway, I, I served literally all over the world. I preached in 35 different countries to our missionaries. These people are serving God out across the world with their families isolated from their big family at Christmas, giving up so very much for the call they felt in their heart to serve Jesus overseas. I think the least we can do for them is to take care of them, bless them with our money, strengthen them with the education of their children, and encourage them by our prayers. So I hope you won't take this week for granted. Today I'm preaching on the subject, Mary had a baby. It might be interesting to you that this is my wife's favorite sermon. Do you realize that having been your interim for 18 months, twice, that in one year I preached 104 sermons to you. In two years, that would be twice that. And in two half years, that would be twice more. Would you believe that I have a record of every sermon that I preached? And my wife has listened to a lot of sermons. I want today to lay the groundwork for Christmas. I want you to think about the real meaning of Christmas. These two ladies were looking perhaps at some of the gorgeously decorated windows of our great stores during Christmas. And all of a sudden the music of Away in a Manger floated into the air. And one of them said to the other one, imagine dragging Christianity into Christmas. For us, that would be an unbelievable statement. Christmas is Mary had a baby. That's the story. That's the essence. What do you remember most about Christmas? The decoration of the home, the size of the meal, the gifts you got. I remember one Christmas for me, it was the biggest Christmas I'd ever had. I had a new 
bicycle. I mean, it was a western flyer. It had a horn and a light. And I had wanted that bicycle for two or three years. It was exciting to me. And would you believe I was sick that Christmas? But mother and daddy rode that bicycle in beside my bed. And they said I wore the horn and the light out the first day I had it. But that's not the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas is that Mary had a baby. A baby that changed the world. Ironically, you can't even spell Christmas without the Messiah name of Jesus Christos. Christ's Mass. You can't write a letter without acknowledging his birth. It's either A.D. or B.C. You can't listen to the great music without understanding this child. You can't read the great literature without feeling the movement of Jesus. And this baby was going to change the world in three short years. Jesus Christ, the newborn baby of Mary and Joseph. Well, not really the newborn baby that God consecrated in the body of this young woman. You know, there's some people who worship Mary. The Roman Catholics worship Mary. Eastern Orthodox worship Mary. And in the doctrine of the Catholic Church, and for example, in 1854, they accepted the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And in 1955, in my day, the Catholic Church proclaimed like she, like Jesus, was resurrected into heaven. While we don't believe that, I don't think we pay enough attention to Mary. She was born in Nazareth, a no-name little village. Hence the Bible says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Who would have ever expected that God would have invaded mankind in a little place like Nazareth. And remember that the scripture you read a moment ago tells you that she was engaged to be married to Joseph and brought forth her firstborn child. Can you imagine the talk in Nazareth? Can you imagine what she put up with? And who would have believed that God himself was the father of that child? No one. Not even the people around her. I think about that. We don't believe that. But we do believe in the goodness of this mother. How much did she know? Only what the angels had said to her about the birth. 
It reminds me of music, especially at this time of the year. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? That your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That the child you should deliver would soon deliver you? Mary, did you know? Did you know your baby boy would give sight to the blind? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kissed your little baby boy, that you kissed the face of God, Mary, did you know? Did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb? Did you know that your baby boy was Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect lamb and the sleeping child you're holding in your am is the great I am? Mary, did you know? No, she didn't know. But when he was crucified and she stood before him along with John, she knew that he was not guilty. She knew that he was dying because of a cowardly judge and a bunch of religious leaders that lied about who he was and what he was doing. She knew all about that. But then I wonder, how much do we really know how much do we really understand? Green Pastures was a play written some years ago that features God in heaven and Gabriel with the trumpet. And they're looking down from the parapets of heaven and looking at the world with all of its sordidness and all of its need. And Gabriel's warming up the horn to blow the trumpet. And God says in the play, not yet, Gabriel, not yet. And Gabriel said, Lord, why don't we send him another like Isaiah or Zacharias? Or why don't we send him another like David or Moses? What do you think, Lord? Without even looking at Gabriel, God says to him, I'm not going to send anyone, Gabriel. I'm going myself. You see, that's what that baby means. Not just an ordinary child, but a child incarnate of God. God's only son. Jesus tried to tell those disciples 
If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He and I are one. Jesus was God himself in human flesh taking the full and undiluted dose of his own medicine. Isaiah said, and we read it this time of the year, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah wrote, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And all of that was written 400 years before this baby was born. They should have understood their history was literally marinated in God talk. The prophets talked about the God to come. Every one of them. They preached about him in their synagogues, in their temples. They knew he was coming. And somehow, when he came, they couldn't understand. You see, their expectation was off base. They wanted a Roman leader riding a white horse, conquering everybody else. They never thought about a baby in a stable wrapped in swaddling clothes, surrounded by lowly shepherds. Those weren't the greatest people in society. They kept the temple animals. And you know what the Bible says? You read it, they came with haste. That's not what it says. The, the Greek word is spudantan. They came jumping fences to see what God was doing. Why did they come? They heard the angels of heaven singing. Literally singing their laudamus tale to this little child. Born not in the end, there wasn't any room for him, but in a manger, in a stable. They were there to see what God had done. We paint the scene every year in our church in Mobile. High in the baptistry, which is also open as a screen, we have a stable and the angels standing there. And in that cradle, there's a little baby a different one every year, a little boy. And I was sitting down on the second row. I'd already spoken my part in the program. And there was a little boy behind me 
who made an indelible impression on me. He said, look, mama, look, mama, he's alive. He's alive. And you know, today, I want you to remember that. He's alive. He's in this very place. This is his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That little boy led Mary Hill close to her and kissed him on the forehead was going to literally change the world. Listen to what John said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not that man. He was sent to introduce that man. He came into the world, and the world knew him not. In him was the life of man and the life of God. He came into his own, but they rejected him. And he gave life to those that believed on his name, even to those that confessed him as Lord. Paul would write the same thing in Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being found in form as God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself and became a man and died on the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, would proclaim him to be Lord of lords and King of kings. The more I think of that, the more of something I heard Paul Harvey say. You remember Paul Harvey? Do you want to hear the rest of the story? Well, let me tell you who wrote about that. Handel. Handel said that little baby was king. Not any king, not king for a few years, but king of kings and lord of lords, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah, 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 amen.
Let's pray. Father, such a story baffles the mind of people like us. But we know it happened because your spirit of that little baby is here today in this very service. And how we pray that we would not only feel the presence and realize it, but live our lives in the light of it. Bless us, O oh God, this Christmas season. For we ask it in the name of Christ the Lord. Amen. You could be here by accident. You could be here on purpose. But there could be someone here who has never accepted that little baby as Lord of their life. And we're going to sing a hymn and give you an opportunity to respond to what you feel in your heart. If you'll accept him, he said, confess him before men, I'll profess you before my Father. Let's stand together and sing, and you give God a chance in your life.